the inflation numbers have come out and the Dow rises slightly because of it. Well, that's not the whole story. I mean, the, the, inflation, the, the inflation numbers from December came out and it was only about 0.1% prices fell in December. Now, granted, if you have been to a local grocery store recently, you would see that eggs are on the rise. And granted, there is a reason for that. Eggs are on the rise because there's not as many chickens, because I guess there's some flu going around with the chickens right now. And apparently there's a supply shortage when it comes to eggs currently right now. So not all the consumer index is being talked about on Wall Street right now, but for the most part, it is being talked about. And Wall Street's slowly dissecting what they're hearing and digesting it as well at the same time to be able to understand what is being talked about from this report. But there is some news that we do have to get into for today's podcast, okay? First off, American Airlines shares jump after airline hikes revenue and profit outlook. This is the second airline that has come out saying that they are in profit mode in the making currently right now. And what does that mean for the airline industry? Then you have a car company, uh, the luxury car maker Lucid, is was able to make their product levels up for the year. They had predicted that they were going to hit a certain number of cars made and they surpassed that number. And what does that mean for the luxury electric car maker in the making? Then we have some news from a Swiss company that is has a customer from Microsoft that has been able to remove CO2 and put it from the air into the ground. And what does that mean for this upcoming technology in the making? And we have some news from Ubisoft. Ubisoft sinks to a seven-year low after slashing guidance. And apparently they are canceling games at Ubisoft. And what does that mean for the video game market going forward? And we'll end today's podcast today talking about Walmart. Walmart has striked a deal with Salesforce. And what does that mean for Walmart and Salesforce going forward? So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about in this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note too that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And I legally cannot give you financial advice. And everything I express on this podcast is either from the news or my own personal opinion only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note, too, that you should talk to your professional advisor as they'd understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. Please also note, too, that I do have shares in Walmart today as one of the companies we will be talking about. It is a long-term and a short position. And with that being said, let's begin today's podcast. American Airlines shares jump after airlines hike revenue and profit outlook. From CNBC, American Airlines shares rose more than 4% in morning trading Thursday after the carrier hiked its revenue and profit estimates for the fourth quarter thanks to strong demand and high fares. Other airlines' shares also rallied. <clears throat> American estimated revenue rose as much as 17% over the same period in 2019, up from the previous forecast of 11% to 13% increase compared with the period three years earlier before the COVID pandemic. American said revenue per seat mile likely climbed 24% above the 2019 quarter, higher than the prior forecast of 18% to 20%. It expects the reported adjusted earnings per share of between $1.12 and $1.17 from its previous estimates of between 50 cents and 70 cents. The update Thursday is the first indication of how major airlines coped with a rocky end of the year when severe weather sparked mass cancellations around the U.S. during the busy holiday travel season. American is scheduled to report full results on January 26th. Delta Airlines is set to announce quarter results Friday morning. American's new CFO, Devin May, who, stated, who started in the role on January 1st, told CNBC that bookings are currently coming in as expected. The Fort Worth-based airline forecasts a 10% increase in unit costs, excluding fuel. 
high costs, staffing issues, and aircraft shortfalls have eaten into the airline's profits over the past year. The number one thing to get aircraft utilization back to its historic levels, May said, adding that the carrier is getting close to its mainline operation, though it's more difficult on regional partners where pilot shortages are more acute. Other carriers are, have also looking for ways to reduce expenses. For example, JetBlue Airways earlier this week told pilots to try to converse fuel by taxing with a single engine and hooking up to the ground power quickly to reduce resilience of auxiliary power systems. It even suggests a crew packs light. Cutting airline weight by 30 pounds per flight could save $1 million a year, JetBlue told pilots on Tuesday. You know, the airline industry is on the way back up. It is, in all honesty. One of those reasons being is you have companies like American Airlines and I believe it was Southwest. I think it was Southwest that recently, (coughs) excuse me, reinstated their dividend policy for the company. Okay. You have these companies that are coming back. Okay. Slowly one by one. We'll get a better idea as the airline industry reports more earnings going forward. But I have to admit that it seems like the airline industry is on the way back and all honestly and the only reason being i'm saying that is it just seems like the airlines are one by one reporting positive outlook okay they're not all reporting it at once because maybe one airline is not doing so well compared to the others and we don't know which one that would be if if it was being reported but it just seems like they are on the rise again and one of the reason being is that they're they're saying positive things going forward which they're expecting their quarterly earnings to be good so if that's the case, you can expect airlines to start reporting more and more positive news going forward, which means the airline industry might be on the rebound eventually, or it could be happening a lot sooner than we realize. And if that's the case, something we got to pay attention to is the airlines, because it'll give us an idea of how traveling's going. Now, the other reason why I think the airlines is doing well is we recently reported on this podcast at the end of last year, 2022, that people were using their money more for traveling experience versus buying things retail might get hit but the airline industry might be on the rebound because people are wanting to travel more these days and so with whatever they report will give us an idea of where the american is spending their money these days or not maybe just not just the americans in general just people in general there was a report yesterday that said that people in china were starting to travel a little bit more and that gives me an idea that the airline industry might be on the rebound. So it is something to continue looking. It's not financial advice on this podcast, but it is something that we probably should take a look at a little bit more. So continuing on with what we're talking about, the electric luxury mark maker Lucid produced more vehicles in 2022 than expected. It says here from CNBC, electric luxury vehicle maker Lucid Group said its product just over a correction, had just produced just over 7,100 vehicles in 2022, slightly more than expected. The company told investors in August that it expect production between 6,000 and 7,000 vehicles for the full year. Lucid said in a statement that it produced 3,493 vehicles at the Arizona factory in the fourth quarter and delivered 1,932, bumping its total production to 7,180 for the full year. Lucid's fourth quarter production total was up by 53% for the third quarter, when it produced 2,282 air sedans and delivered 1,398. Lucid warned in November that its delivery totals were likely to lag in production for the next few quarters as it worked through logistics challenges. The company delivered a total of 4,369 vehicles in 2022. Lucid 2022 production beat its guidance, but the guidance was much reduced from the company's original plan for the year. Lucid had originally expected to build 20,000 of its air electric 
electric luxury sedans in 2022, but it was forecast to lower the targeting twice, once in February amid global supply chain disruptions and again in August when it cited those logistic challenges. Lucid did not provide any update on its total number of reservations. Lucid most recent reservation update was as of November 7th, when it said it had over 34,000 reservations in the air, or for the air, I correction. Lucid said in April that the Saudi Arabia government has agreed to buy up to 100,000 of its vehicles over the next 10 years. Those vehicles are included into the reservation totals. You know, that's an interesting thought right there. Saudi Arabia is looking to buy more electric vehicles in some way, shape, or form. Does that mean that Saudi Arabia is starting to upgrade their grid so that they can handle what's coming? That would be an interesting thought right there to see. And I hope there's some reporting on it soon so we can actually see what a country does when they have to get more electric cars. Now, granted, Saudi Arabia does have a few advantages, like they're in the middle of the desert and they probably could use more solar panels out there to provide the electricity needs that's needed. And it's also a lot easier to get the oil out of the ground out of those countries currently. But it's an interesting thought to think that they're ordering 100,000 of its vehicles for the next 10 years. Hmm. We'll find out more when it reports its fourth quarter earnings in February of 2020, February 22nd of this year. So we'll keep an eye out continuing going forward. But this electric car maker, it's probably going to be on the rise. It's probably going to be like, there's going to be a lot of competition in the car making industry soon. And who survives at the end? It's going to be hard to tell. But electric vehicles are currently on the rise. And what's kind of disturbing, though, a little bit is that like for California, for instance, by 2035, there won't be any gas vehicles being sold in the state. And same with New York. So we got to keep paying attention to this because it'll give us an idea of where things are going for the car industry and what could potentially happen. But speaking of new tech, though, okay, it says here from CNBC, from the climate tech sector, okay, it's a Swiss company that counts Microsoft as a customer says it removed CO2 from the air and put it in the ground, okay? Swiss company Climeworks announced Thursday that it has successfully taken carbon dioxide out of the air and put it in the ground, where it will eventually turn into rock into the process that has verified by an independent third-party auditor. In the first time, a company has successfully taken carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and put it underground to be locked away permanently and delivered the permanent carbon removal to a paying customer. The development has been long time coming, Christopher and Jan, the co-founder of Climeworks, in 2009 as a spinoff of E. TH, I think it's called Zurich, the main technical university in Switzerland's largest city. They have been scaling the technology from the direct carbon removal wherein machines vacuum greenhouse gases out of the air. Over the last couple of years, Microsoft, Stripe, and Shopify have all bought future carbon removal services from Climeworks in a bid to help kickstart the nascent industry. Now Climeworks is actually removing the carbon dioxide and putting it underground in a process that that has been certified by the DNV and independent auditor. The cost of carbon dioxide removal and storage for these corporate clients is confidential and depends on what the quantity of carbon dioxide the companies want to be removed and over what, (coughs) sorry, what period of time. But the general price of the carbon removal runs to several hundreds per ton. Individuals can also pay to Climeworks to remove carbon dioxide offset the personal emissions. In addition to getting corporate clients to pay for future removals, Climeworks has raised more than $780 million to scale from a wide variety of investors, including venture capitalist John Dorer, the insurer company Swiss Ray. Climeworks' largest carbon dioxide removal facility is located in Iceland, where it partners with Carbfix, which stores the gas underground. Carbfix dissolves carbon dioxide in water, then intermingles and mixture with basalt rock formations. Naturally processed converts the material to solid carbonate minerals in about two years. 
In June, Climeworks announced it had begun construction of its second commercialized size plant in Iceland that will capture and store 36,000 metric tons per year of carbon dioxide. Even when the complete, that will amount to a tiny percentage of the total global emissions of carbon dioxide released into the air each year. In 2021, they hit a record high of 36.4 billion, correction, 36.3 billion metric tons, according to international energy agencies. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, this whole climate change thing, like I've always mentioned, okay, there's always going to be a company out there that's going to want to make money. And so when you hear a lot of these protests happening because we're not doing enough to save the environment and all that stuff, here's a company that's now taking CO2 and dumping it from the air and dumping it underground, or correction, taking it from the air and dumping it underground. You know, I have to say, I'm curious to know if oil companies are going to end up buying out these companies soon. And honestly, okay, think about it this way. Oil companies consider to be the worst when it comes to CO2 productions in the air, Okay. Now, granted, there are other technologies out there. Like I believe once I've read that there was carbon capture technology that was being used to make gasoline again. I think it was like a CNBC article I was reading once and I found that extremely fascinating technology. But it's interesting that they're able to make new material out of this, carbonite minerals in particular, within two years by taking CO2 and putting it in water and then being able to use it in two years, okay? Maybe this becomes a new resource. Maybe carbon dioxide starts becoming the new resource in the making. Because think about it. What can carbon dioxide really be used for? Everything has a useful purpose to it, in all honesty. And maybe there will become a day when we stop having these arguments about climate change. And we realize, hey, we need CO2. But does that mean we also all start competing with the trees that love CO2? Maybe. That would be an interesting world to live in if we were seeing us compete with trees to get more CO2 carbon capture technology in the making. Everything has a purpose and we don't know what it is fully, but there's companies out there trying new things. What I also, I was also looking into it because I was trying to figure out like what the purpose of capturing CO2 and putting it underground, like what does it do in the long run? And so far, there's not a lot of research on it. And there's not a lot of articles explaining what the CO2 would do. I did read, however, that if you were to pump the CO2 underground, that it would come back up to the surface, but eventually it would hit the rocks, like hard rock, and wouldn't be able to move any farther. So that's interesting to be able to see that we're dumping, we're taking CO2 out of the air and dumping it underground. But I'm curious to know what's that going to cause in the future when it comes to future resources in the making. And maybe there will be a study soon that will be able to tell us what CO2 underground does in the long run. So, But continuing on, though, with new with technology, though, in the tech sector, this is more of the video game sector, I guess you can think about, since this is a direct competitor to Microsoft. Okay, so says, Assassin's Creed maker Ubisoft sinks to seven-year low after slashing guidance, canceling games. From CNBC, Ubisoft shares plunges 21% Thursday after the French video game maker reduced revenue guidance, canceled three titles, and pushed back the release of upcoming Skull and Bones game. The company's shares price slumped as low as $18.80 euros a piece shortly after the market opened, hitting its lowest level in almost seven years. The stock has since paired losses slightly and was last trading at $20.64 euros, down 14% from the Wednesday close. 
In training on Wednesday, Ubisoft lowered net bookings guidance for the third quarter of 2022 to 725 million euros, down from the earliest target of 830 million euros. The company forecast full-year net bookings would likely fall 10% after early projected call for an increase of 10%. The company, which is best known for publisher of hit franchises including Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, cited poor performance of its Mario Plus uh, rabid spark of hope. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, rabid spark of hope and just dance 2023 titles, as well as a challenging economic environment. Quote, there's a fair amount of bat battening down to the hatches going on the global on globally as it relates to the gaming industry. Lewis Ward, research director of gaming of IDC, told CNBC, quote, there's a huge 20 to 30 percent revenue surge over the covid hit. And in 2023, we're dealing with the ongoing D. Uh, denouement of the COVID-induced spending spike, plus concerns of how potential recessions and ongoing inflammatory and supply chain challenges in North America and Europe especially, plus a course of the ongoing fallout of Russia invasion of Ukraine. Consumers are getting back on the discretionary purchases in response to higher prices and borrowing costs. Gaming has especially come under pressure. The industry was expected to contract 4.4% year-over-year to $182 billion, according to a November forecast from market research firm Apri Analysis. Ubisoft is the third gaming firm this week to issue a disappointing trading update. Uh, Devel Devolver Digital and Fortnite developers posted profit warnings on Monday, citing a weak trading environment in December. You know, video games in particular, okay, I mean, they go through cycles, and all honestly, there's times where people are like super excited for a video game at the end of the day. But in all reality, I mean, think of it this way. Microsoft is trying to buy out I think it was Activision Blizzard recently. And I think they're still trying to buy them out. But the US government's trying to prevent that acquisition from happening, okay? Because this year, the gaming industry seeing increased consolidation, including Microsoft's mega acquisition of Call of Duty publisher Activision Blizzard and Sony's purchase of Destiny developer Bungie. Analysis viewed Ubisoft as a potential takeover target. Its share price sank more than 38% in 2022, wiping off 3 billion euros from the company market value. In September, Tencent upped its state in the company in a deal that made the Chinese tech giants Ubisoft's largest shareholder. The purchase gave Tencent an overall stake of 11%, including indirect ownership and option to increase its intent interest further up to 17%. Okay. And all honestly, I can see a lot of video games companies getting bought out soon. Okay. And the only reason I say that is certain games have an appeal to certain audiences, but there's never, besides the Fortnite trend that happened a few years back, there there's like trends where once in a while it's like a video game will take over and a lot of people will play it. But at the same time, as I've mentioned in past podcasts, we're not sitting at home as much anymore. COVID's done, which means the video game industry, which is a stay at home thing to do is not really, it might be profitable. It might not be, this isn't financial advice, but I mean, how many people are really sitting at home playing video games? I think my brother-in-law said it perfectly recently where he said, as he gets older, that playing video games, he loves playing video games, and I can't rip on him too much on that because, I mean, who doesn't love playing video games at the end of the day? But he did say this, though, and it caught my attention. He says, playing video games when you get older becomes a luxury because there's just a not enough time to do it, okay? Video games are meant for younger kids at the end of the day because they have more time than older generations do. And so the video game sector, in my opinion, I think is going to end up being bought out. Okay. Think about it this way. Microsoft is trying to buy out Activision Blizzard. I wouldn't be surprised if you company like Apple eventually tries to buy out a video game company as well. I mean, there are some, I mean, think about it this way. Apple is kind of in the video game sector, but it's not at the same time because their app store is connected to video games. 
but they already have Apple TV. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Apple were to buy out a big video game maker in the making. Okay. I just don't see a lot of video games standing on their own, at least these companies soon, unless you're really good at creating storylines and products that people want at the end of the day. I just see them being bought out. And the video game sector would probably change because of that too. I mean, think about it this way. It would be really interesting to see if like, let's just use Apple as the example. And disclaimer, I do have Apple shares, but, and this is just my opinion, but can you imagine like if Apple were to buy out like, Let's just say it's Ubisoft, for instance, okay? For, for this example, the buyout Ubisoft, okay? Now all of Ubisoft games can be on your Apple TV. They could be, okay? Which means when you buy your Apple TV going forward, who says Apple doesn't add a controller? Like just one controller. And then later on, they can add, you can buy your extra controllers, right? Okay? But it would be make things more interesting because it means the TV becomes the console at the end of the day. If they are also trying to make this push to become wireless, it's an interesting thought to think about, but will it actually happen? Hard to tell. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't expect a lot of video games to be around much longer. Like video game companies, they'll still be around, but I don't expect them to be like as individuals soon. I expect them to get bought out soon. So, and the last thing we'll talk about now has to do with the retail side of things. Okay. It says here, Walmart strikes a deal with Salesforce to sell more of its tech to other retailers. Ooh, what is going on with Walmart from CNBC? As times get tighter in retail, Walmart is chasing new side hustles. The retail giant known for selling groceries, toothpaste, toys, and more of its in-box stores wants to sell more of its technology and services to other companies. Interesting. <coughs> Excuse me. On Thursday, it announced a deal with Salesforce to ramp up sales of its Go Local delivery service, which drops off purchases at customers' doors and Store Assist, which helps employees more quickly and accurately pick up pack orders for curbside pickup and delivery. Starting this spring, the service will be offered through Salesforce and list in its app store for business. Walmart's latest push to commercialize its tech comes as the retail environment gets tougher. Inflation has forced shoppers to spend more on necessities, driving higher sales of Walmart's groceries. But the company is also selling fewer high-margin items like electronics, clothes, and other discretionary merchandise. Walmart's, Walmart's global chief technology officer, Suresh Kumar, said that the deal with Salesforce will help Walmart improve the experience for shoppers. Quote, by bringing in other retailers, we can understand what the customer needs are throughout the shopping journey and then be able to improve our products to be able to serve the customer no matter how, where or when they shop, he said. That ultimately is going to benefit us because we will continue to keep improving our products. For instance, as Walmart's Go Local has more packages to deliver from more retailers, its drivers will have denser routes, he said. That brings down the cost of Walmart's last mile deliveries and allows a driver to drop off a customer's packages from multiple retailers in a single stop. Walmart has looked for a new and more profitable ways to turn its millions of customers and more than 5,300 U.S. stores and warehouse clubs into more money. Those excuse me, those efforts, including growing into advertising business, Walmart Connect, attracting more sellers to its third-party marketplace and selling them fulfillment service and charging for Walmart's Luminate, a customer insight tool for merchants and suppliers. It's co-founded and backed a financial technology startup. <clears throat> it also launched a subscription service for the retailer's answer to Amazon Prime. Walmart launched local, Go Local in 2021. It has signed on customers, including Home Depot and Chico's, Excuse me. It began selling store assist technology that its own store employees used in the summer. With the moves, Walmart is taking a page from its rival Amazon's playbook, 
over the past two years, Amazon has licensed to its cashier-less technology called Just Walk Out and signed up airports, sports stadiums, arenas, and a Missouri grocery to bring technology to their stores. It also looked to sell its palm scanning payment systems and launch an analysis service where brands pay for data on how their products perform in Amazon's physical stores. Walmart's changing with the times. And honestly, now they're trying to sell their technology to other companies, which means, does that mean retail's becoming more of a tech giant play in the making? Maybe. Okay. Does that mean Walmart's more than a retail store in the making? Most likely. I mean, they're having to compete with Amazon. Amazon is purely a tech play if you think about it, right? If you buy stuff on Amazon, (coughs) excuse me, then yeah, you're pretty much competing. Walmart is competing with Amazon. This new way is going to be interesting. Okay. Salesforce is now going to be working with Walmart in a partnership on this end because now they're selling their technology to other companies. Okay. It says here, Salesforce chief product product officer, David Shamer said retailers are hungry for solutions as they try to keep up with customers who have high expectations and who shift between shopping in store, ordering, purchasing to their homes and retrieving online purchases in the store or parking lot. According to Salesforce data, one in five online orders placed the weekend before Christmas were picked up at the store. Walmart will stand out in its app store as a technology by retailers and for retailers, he added. <laughs> okay, that's that's funny that they say that twice, but this is what it boils down to. Okay, it says still, even with all its offering to other companies, Walmart is being mindful about not giving away its secret sauce since Qmar and the company technology chief, some of its technologies won't be for sale. So Walmart is being smart. They're going to sell some of their technologies, but not all of it. Okay. Like I said, just now, Walmart's becoming more of a technology company. It doesn't see, I mean, they are a retail company and they do sell groceries and all that stuff. But if they're selling tech, that means they're becoming more of a technology company in the making. And this makes this world become a little bit more interesting. You know, I also wonder this too. How much longer until you see a company like Amazon or Walmart or not even them, but like, how much longer until you start seeing partnerships with these retailers where they are going to start selling like medical devices on their websites? That would be intriguing to see if that were to happen. I don't know if it actually will, but a company like Johnson Johnson might even consider doing a partnership with a Salesforce or something like that just to give people more options with when they're looking for to shop online, right? The world is changing before our eyes, people. And whether or not we see it all the time is another question. And these events happened a lot. Okay. Like I said, Walmart is becoming more of a technology company. They won't sell their strongest products, but they will sell some of their technologies. And you wouldn't be, don't be surprised soon if you're at a local chain store recently. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like an Albertsons or something starts trying to buy this technology at their stores. And don't be surprised if you go to your local grocery store soon and you start seeing Walmart technology in those stores. And if that does happen, you can expect Walmart to potentially be growing soon. But then again, Wall Street might also change its status from retail to a tech company. And that's when things would become more interesting in the the world between Amazon and Walmart in the making. So yeah, things are getting interesting. Walmart's becoming more of a tech company every day because they have to compete with the likes of Amazon. So I'll leave it there. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription helps grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't or doesn't have the time to talk about. 
Please also continue sharing this podcast with friends or family. I like to thank those who have shared with their friends or family at this time, as it helps continue to grow this channel so that we'd be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.